This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. I'm sad I'm to our listeners. Welcome to Saturday News number 892. So I'm Gulab and I offer my most loving and humble pranams at Lord's feet of Abhilabad Bhagwan, Sri Shatta Sai Baba. Today we'll be hearing an interview that took place on the 21st of May 2021 between uh, our brother Ten Henry and Sanjay Mahalingam of Prasanti. You know, it's considered by most, if not all to be Sri Satasai Baba's most profound teaching, discovering the truth of who you are and embracing the most profound question in life, who am I? One of the Baba's students, this is Sanjay Mahalingam, he got his PhD uh, and now devoting a significant part of his life to assisting others in understanding his lesson. It is the lesson of self-inquiry, self-discovery and in the truest sense, self-awareness. Dr. Lingam uh, is now an assistant professor at the university he graduated from, which is the Sri Institute of Higher Learning in Sai Baba's Ashram in Prasanti, India. In this interview, one quickly discovers that Dr. Sanjay's passion for self-understanding. So let's uh, hear Ganesh Bhajan and then we'll get straight into part two.
my life's quality is determined entirely by the state of my consciousness hmm. how life is happening within me that is all that matters and life is not happening within me the way i want it to happen inside it's all messed up so what in sanskrit there is a beautiful phrase tatah kim so what <laughs> it is so what so what and suddenly don't on me okay i i got 300 interviews saw me so what get over oh, it gave, i got 40 talks i gave 40 talks in front of somi so what somi said i love you so what <laughs> so the whole thing became about me and not in a selfish way the attention just naturally became inward i said i have to make this piece of life work i have to make this has to flower it's wonderful that somi said he will take care of me it's wonderful it's beautiful but this piece of life has to work you know my experience of life has to become profound and sublime yeah everything else is just a story meaningless just story you know it's a memory so then attention dramatically started to turn inwards and really i would say that's kind of the third phase when the exotic somi became the loving mother and then he became my guru in the truest sense of the word prodding me from within to turn inward he was the loving mother who captured you in a heartbeat at one point in your life in fact it was the last time you had a chance to speak with him face to face i think it was 2009 just a couple of years before mahasamadhi and um it was the last time baba spoke to you and he asked you very candidly it sounds like very forthrightly is too why are you afraid i am here what did he pick up in you that maybe you didn't sense in yourself well there's a small prelude to that around january 2009 somi in an interview one of my last interviews in the interview somi said you know enough stop coming for darshan to you don't keep coming and sitting here yes so usually what happens somi gets angry with you and then he says get out don't come for darshan you know but nothing like that sort of happened with me very pleasantly lovingly somi said stop coming and i was shocked because la- the good last 8 years I, i i know i have known nothing else but to come and sit in the kulvant hall and have his darshan and i said somi why but somi didn't elaborate and i got it by the time i had come enough distance to somi to really get what he was saying basically he was asking me to go inward you know nothing enough enough of this enough of this you know and uh, okay i said okay somi then i came out of the interview but i didn't take it seriously i kept coming for darshan again after two months or so somi said you're still here i told you only then it dawned on me oh my god somi was actually serious you know so around april i had kind of made up my mind that that's about it one or two once or twice more i will go and then i will stop going for darshan and in one of those last few darshans somi called me he came in his golf cart in the veranda i was sitting there somi called me and i thought he was going to say something but he really did. he just extended his hand i extended my hand somi you know somi was already quite physically feeble but still he gave a very firm grip he firmly held my palm and said why are you afraid i am here it was to me at that time like it was a huge change in my life you know although i was already kind of already beginning the process i already begun the process of going inward but still to completely cut yourself off from all that all that made sense to you and all that you valued you know the physical form the darshan it was a bit of uh, intimidating experience a little bit of uh, uncertainty you know 
Swami said, why are you afraid I'm here? And that's it. I never went to Kulwanthal again. I did go occasionally to sing a bhajan or so in the morning. But, but I didn't leave Parthi. I would just, you know, be in Parthi, but I just didn't go. That's 11 no. years ago now when he, he asked you why you were afraid. Uh, I think I heard you say, because of obvious reasons, because of all that you were going through, that there was anxiety, stress, and probably, presumably fear in you today. Now, 11 years later, what if he were to ask you that same question? How would you answer? Oh, if Swami asks me today, why are you afraid I'm here? I would say, of course you are here, and I know it. <laughs> so there is no fear. <laughs> that is, you will be except here. <laughs> I, guess a way you know, to, I guess a better way to put it is, has that fear that he spoke of 11 years ago, has that left you by now? You know, Ted, nothing ever really leaves, but it shows up much lesser now. Much, hmm. much lesser. That's good enough. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. It is what it is. And what is, is always good enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you've got some great phrases that came from Baba. Here's another one. I just loved it when I heard you talk about this. You talked about it a couple of times. It's one of my favorite Baba phrases, thanks to you reporting it, which is from source, not from force. From source, not from force. I heard you make reference to that twice. Talk about it any way you want. But at one point when you when you made reference to this, it was at a time in your life when you were consuming all sorts of information. You were doing every drive you could to improve yourself. You were losing weight by the kilo. Uh, and he saw that in you and became concerned, I think, for your own well-being when he used that phrase. What does the phrase mean to you? What it means to me today is... You see, how life happens is we consume information from outside and then we make sense of it. See, for example, when I'm sitting in front of Swami and Swami is giving a discourse, we need to understand I am not hearing Swami's discourse. I am only hearing my interpretation of Swami's discourse. And there is not one discourse. There, is, there are as many discourses as many people there are in the Kulvant Hall because everybody is perceiving Swami's discourse in a different way. So actually, all of us are all the time living in our own worlds. It's, it only looks as if there is one world. All of us are, have our own individual worlds, and most times these worlds don't even meet. Mm -hmm. So all the time, the attention when it is outward, we are consuming information, making sense of it, creating new meaning out of it, and trying to make more sense of it. In, in, in very short, this is force. Because we're trying to fit reality into our mental construct. It is like trying to fit a camel through a keyhole. Source, moment we say, okay, no more stories, no more meaning, no more words, no more thoughts. Let me directly look at who am I using the faculty of unprejudiced, thoughtless attention or awareness. Then we recognize ourselves beyond the mind, beyond meaning, beyond time and beyond words. After that, we may choose to use words to explain that. But really, that place has no place for words at all. Absolutely not. So, so force is basically, okay, you know, this is just first time I'm putting it this way, just coming in this moment, again, part of the game of uncertainty. Trying to force reality into our understanding is force. 
and allowing reality to seep into our understanding is source so till that point of time i was trying to understand reality and it's painful because it is not possible it is a game we will lose so you know understanding through discourses understanding through my own efforts uh, meditation or what i thought at the time was meditation books does that talking to people and then subjecting myself myself to all kinds of horrors <laughs> in the hope that, this, that i can make it work but it was not working but the the, the the joke is i was not aware or rather i chose to shut that idea out that it's not working because there was not enough attention here mm-hmm. oh it should be working somebody is talking to me oh everything is fine blah 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 but the thing is oh i am with an avatar but it is not working that is the reality and suddenly because swami's grace could call it the guru's grace you become aware of the reality and then well what all really that happens is you turn inward and you come face to face with reality as it is and the moment that happens reality starts to unravel and the the more the longer we stay with reality as it is the more it begins to unravel layer by layer layer by layer it it it's just on its own a kind of instead of you consuming it 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 begins to consume you and uh, insight happens you you say reality starts to unravel probably another person who's come as far as you might use different words to say that um because i go out of my way to want to interview people such as yourself and others i do encounter not many but some along the way who are said to be awakened they don't say it uh but but their view is using their words and i've heard this from more than one person you say reality starts to unravel and they say they lose their sense of self in other words the self that's inside ted that governs my thoughts that that creates the images of my own self worth uh profile accomplishments disappointments miseries and suffering i may have caused all of that is now seen outside of of who i am <laughs> and those would be their words too and i find it many people use that same phraseology that i've lost self i no longer have a sense of self it's outside and i see myself as everything so are you familiar with that is this yes. what you mean when you say you see yourself unraveling completely so when you say the sense of self it is this only meanings words thoughts labels categories definitions judgments opinions prejudices biases so all this is what makes sanjay all this is what makes ted so yes absolutely that is also my experience the way i put it is you st- i start getting a distance from who i think i am hmm you see and when there is distance it stops affecting you for example if something were to happen to me right now it will affect me deeply let us say i get a headache it's going to affect me suppose my parents get a headache it would still affect me but not as much god forbid that suppose you get a headache i would still be concerned but lesser so yeah. because i just know you for few days suppose somebody i don't even know gets a headache it's really not concerning because there is distance so you see more the distance lesser is the effect so when i become distant from who i thought like some you say you're not one but three 
when who i really am, when i start to experience the distance from myself one starts to live in a space of people have called it detachment some people call it disidentification you hold yourself lightly that's the way i put it there is more spaciousness in your consciousness there is a lot of space everything is still there sanjay is still there but i hold him lightly he's not that important his opinions still matter i might still consider sanjay's opinions i may sometimes even act on them but it is not that important it is not a matter of life and death how it would have been probably 10 years back so we begin to hold again it these are just words non self you know you begin to hold it lightly i still have to make an opinion about you you see and you still have to make an op- opinion about me that's how life works but we hold all this lightly you know it's just yeah it's there we, we will use it when it is required and and not when it's not i'm asking you if you encounter more baba devotees who are on to where you are now self inquiry yeah what put it simply my life's work dead is just to spread self inquiry to as as touch as many lives as possible i can with self inquiry um is it happening uh, inside devotees it means i would not like to pass a judgment but it can it 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 will be better if it is more prevalent mm-hmm. Well, you yeah. wrote me a letter in which you said that very thing that your your life is to share what you know now. I think that's very astute. Those who I am meeting along the way, Jody and I are encountering. I mean, we sort of recognize where they are by their, uh, if not absence of ego, their lack of ego, their compassion, their love, their non judgment, their serenity, their impartiality. Um, all these traits indicate that they're someplace that we only aspire to become. but the one thing they all seem to have in common is and along with what you're saying is the willingness or the desire to share it sounds like that's one of the supreme desires you have in the manner in which you're going to spend the rest of your life when you have found something truly valuable not something you think is valuable but something that has truly touched you the desire to share is natural and spontaneous one cannot help it one simply can't help it <laughs> thank you one question i skipped over and i didn't mean to was uh, following 2009 uh, again just a couple of years before baba's mahasamadhi this is now following the last interview you had with him um you were never very physically close to baba again until he left his form and that's when you said you began having experiences of swami what did you mean by of swami when i i got distant physically from the form 2009 2011 and obviously 2011 the mm-hmm. form dissolved swami became a part of my experience of myself you know so swami was no more a thought or a memory swami became my presence you know i don't really know how to put it in a way that you can understand you see right now swami is only a memory or swami is an understanding oh i get swami was god 
or Swami is God. It's an understanding, a knowing or a memory. Oh, it was so wonderful. 2007, Swami did this for me. No memory, however beautiful, however wonderful, however cherished, it always pales into comparison between before the immensity of the presence of this moment. Any memory, however great, pales into comparison before the immensity of presence here and now. And Swami became to me that. So it's, it's, I don't even know how to put it. It, it is like, you know, it's a, there's a beautiful thing. So Ramana Maharishi was dying. Somebody asked him, where will you go after you die? And apparently he said, where to go? I am here. <laughs> it's such a profound statement. We really should meditate on it. Where to go? I am here. It encapsulates everything there is to know about spirituality. Yeah. Where to go? I am here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that has kind of become like, you know, there is like, oh, should we pray to Swami? Will his grace come? How do I summon him? How do I connect to Swami? All this has become unreal to me now. It doesn't make any sense. Where else will Swami go? He is here. <laughs> that I lose him when I am not here. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> that answers the very next question because I, I broke out laughing when I saw in an interview or a talk you gave when you said that you really don't miss Swami today. How can you miss something, someone, Baba, if Baba never left? I think would be the answer you just gave. He never left because he never came. <laughs> he is and was always here. He is inseparable from me. I lose him and I lose myself. That's it. There is no loss. There is nothing like God's grace. Even Swami's love seems unreal because there is no such thing. So when Baba says to you, he, anybody he cannot help but love me. Or I mean, there is no, even, even if you say duality, the only thing we can take for granted in this world, you know, every relationship has to be maintained. Even a mother and son relationship has to be maintained. Some minimum maintenance is required. Spouse, some maintenance. <laughs> if you absolutely abdicate all responsibility, the relationship will fall apart eventually. The only love we can take for granted is Swami's love. I don't have to do anything to earn it or to deserve it. Nothing. I do not have to move my little thumb or little finger, I'm sorry, to earn or deserve Swami's love and grace. It is available to me a plenty, anytime, anywhere, whatever I do, however I am. It's here and now. It is inseparable from who we are in this moment. So the key question I want to ask you about that then is, but I see Baba's primary message is about non-duality. And for those of us in the West, that's still a very new concept. It's almost impossible to understand at first. You have to wrestle with it for a while and be wide open in your judgment. Um, it seems to me that when Baba would say to you or to me, repeat after me, I am God, I am God, I am no different from God. Isn't he saying in a very non-dualistic way, Sanjay, you are Baba, you are Baba, you are no less than Baba. So when you talk to him, never leaving, He's never arrived. He's always been. He is you. Or am I stretching that point too far? Oh, absolutely not. Exactly. He is you. You know. <laughs> I mean, is you. He, he is, is you. He is you is beautiful way of putting it. You know, but I will tell you how that experience is. 
there is no he and there is no you there is only <laughs> the absolute totality of this moment this is where words fail us yes exactly so you know when we say me and baba are one actually it is little misleading and that is why words are so tricky that is why swami was so frugal so to say with his <laughs> words when he yeah. came to answering the question who am i the reason swami was so frugal was when you say me and baba are one no no me and baba are not one there is only one <laughs> there is no me and baba yeah. i apologize a loud car no, just went by okay. it's like if i put two mirrors in front of me for me to say oh both those images are same no they are not same they are unreal they don't exist there is no me and baba there is just one yeah and in the one there is no me and there is neither baba so how much resistance do you uh, are you greeted with when you try uh, pointing people in that direction to see that nothing they thought existed ever came into being and today doesn't exist oh i never say this to people unless they come and ask <laughs> so you don't get any resistance <laughs> i don't give unsolicited advice i sit quietly my my life's purpose is to flower this being to the fullest possibility and on the way if somebody wants to walk with me i am glad to walk with them but other than that i am not trying to out here to convince anybody or to convert anybody to my way of looking at things because the grass grows at its own pace the baby comes out in 9 months you can't speed up the process by feeding more food to the mother things happen at the pace they have to happen You have a wonderful way of putting it. I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I asked the question just to hear that answer. Okay, dear listeners, so we'll be hearing more from Sanjay next week. Salam to you all. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. 
Head to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out more.